and I'm, I'm hoping that your heart will be receptive. You remember that scripture in the book of James chapter 1, I believe from verse 21? It says, lay aside, because there's possibility of distractions that can creep into your thoughts, into your mind, while the word of God is coming forth. It says, lay aside every superfluity and naughtiness in your heart that you should receive with what? Meekness. There's something called meekness. The engrafted word of God that is able to save your soul. James chapter 1, verse 21. Then in verse 22 now says, do not just be the hearer like some people do, but also what? The doer. Because the potency to change any life is not in hearing, it's in doing. As you do God's word, the manifestation and the benefit of the word is expressed and demonstrated in your life. So, don't just hear tonight. Be deliberate. Commit yourself to doing. And I can assure you, there is benefit when you do God's word. According to Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, it says, If you are willing and obedient, then you can enjoy. So, enjoyment is not there because doing is scarce. The more you do, the more you enjoy. God will give us grace to do tonight in Jesus' name. Alright, so I want to quickly, for purpose of um, retrospect, because it's important to know that God does not speak in isolation. And that is why if you are a good student of the Bible, if you have read Genesis, there is a connection between Genesis and Exodus. True or false? True. Uh, if you go through to, after Genesis, what do you have? Exodus. There is a connection between Exodus and the next book is what? What? Levit? No. After Exodus is what? Deuteronomy. There is a connection between Deuteronomy and Exodus. So God speaks in series. God speaks in seasons. Now you need to be very attentive. Therefore, whatever God has been saying from January, it has a connection up until this moment. There is no gap. There is no, there is no disconnect. It's a flow of sequence. Because God is a builder. Uh, for those of you who understand the principle of building, you will never get to a building or a construction site and you see the electrician walking this way and you see the bricklayer walking that way. Everybody is walking in sync. There is a link with everybody. Are you with me? That is why one of the most profound inventions of our generation is the web. You know, web. The, the internet is one of the most profound inventions of our generation. And if you understood the principle of web, it is called WWW. Am I correct? What is the meaning of the WWW? Worldwide, we are all webbed together. Nobody can survive in isolation. There is no message of God that can exist in isolation. So there's a connection. So anytime a man of God stands before you, if he's truly under the influence of the Holy Ghost, he will speak in divine series. And this year, we have been privileged to enjoy some amazing exposition in God's word. Sufficient enough to make us triumphant in all dimensions of life. I will play back a little because the church went on some sort of health break. Because you remember the, the, the coronavirus incident that kept the church um, um, locked down for a while. And you recall that at the instance we resumed, one of the messages that came from the Lord to us was the message of restoration. You recall? You recall. And um, the restoration message was supposed to drive home two things. Number one, whatever the enemy has stolen from you that has left you spiritually bankrupt or financially bankrupt or emotionally bankrupt because somebody here needs to recover what the enemy has stolen. And the Lord looked into your life and said, you need a recovery. And he gave you that word. The Bible told us in Psalm 68, he said, the Lord released the word and great is the company of those who publish it. So when he releases the word, it is in your place to apply it. And so I followed the restoration message. So with all my heart, and shortly as we were moving into the restoration deeply, the Lord interrupted the flow of the restoration message and brought about a very dynamic, amazing, life-changing thought message, which I believe has a very good connection with restoration because to the extent you want to restore is to the extent in which you were stolen from. Are you following what I'm saying? So, if God has to restore everything that was stolen, then you will not do it in your natural strength. Then he must take you deeper into spiritual experience. You remember? And then we started a series on what? Deeper in Christ. Why would you require deeper in Christ? Because it is easier to collect something from a child than from an adult. Am I correct here? Perhaps 
some of the things that were stolen from you, they took it away from you because you were spiritually a child. Some of you have had dreams, dreams that you had, you slept. You, what you saw in your dream, you knew could have impact on you in the natural. Rather than waking up and violating the spirit, you woke up with worry and fear. They collected something. And God is touched. God is wondering. I've released so much blessing. The reason why they are not receiving is because some of them are still children. And God will never give what, 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 God will never give what belongs to an adult to a child. I mean, you can't say, I want to be a wife, and you have the heart of a baby girl. You understand that the the concept of marriage is a complex management of two different people coming together. You can't even manage yourself. What is the guarantee you can manage another man? God will not commit the destiny of a man into the hand of a little girl who can't can't even manage her own anger. And so God realized that if I don't take these people deeper, I can keep releasing all the blessing. The enemy will keep stealing it and keep giving it to some donkey out there. And so the journey of the deeper journey started. And I believe tonight some of us are already going deeper and deeper in Christ. Your understanding of Christ is increasing every day. Your revelation of Christ is going on every day. The formation of Christ is increasing in you. Because until Christ is fully formed in you, you are not a mature believer yet. According to Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 11 downwards. The whole essence of the deeper and deeper is not deeper deeper in alcohol. It's not deeper deeper in sin. It's deeper deeper in who? In Christ, that the full image of Christ be established in you. So that when they see you, they see Christ. When they see your hand, they see the hand of Christ. Not the baby they used to see before. You are not that girl that will sleep this time around. And you will notice that before, before, in your sleep, when you sleep, you will be seeing yourself in water. This time around, when you sleep, you see yourself in water. You will open your mouth and say, you water, dry up. Because you have gone matured and deeper in Christ. We can't survive at this level. Your current capacity cannot, cannot receive what everyone has in stock. You are too shallow-minded or too narrow-minded to comprehend what everyone has in mind. And so the deeper and deeper. And you know the good news here? There is no hand to the debt. To the extent of the quality of your destiny is to the extent of the debt you need. Now, I can, I can prove that to you. If you have to build a skyscraper, it is not the height of the building that matters. It is the foundation of the building. That will determine if it's skyscraper. So, the quality of your destiny should be proportional to the hunger of your debts. No, you are too small. You are playing small because your foundation is small. The building that can stand on it will also be small. Now, don't get angry at the building. Work on the foundation. So, don't feel like anybody has cheated you. No, you have only cheated yourself refusing to take the responsibility of digging deep in Christ. What an amazing series of message. In fact, sufficient enough to see us through the air, to build the lion's spirit enough to say, no more loss. Because you can't be a man of authority and be frightened by the voice of cockroach. No, it doesn't work that way. And by the special grace of God, the man of God, one of the associate pastors in the house came on stage and shared the beautiful message of fragrance of Christ. Remember that message? Oh, what an epic message. In fact, I, I personally told him, I said, that, that is not a message you should just preach. It's a message you should put in a book for generations after you to read. Now, you know why? Because God wants to bless you, but your smell is betraying you. Your stench of iniquity is taking away the aroma and the, and the, and the smell of fragrance. You can't be dark and be white and expect God to tell the difference. You know the word the man of God said I love now I say he said God is never moved by your sight. The response to faith, the fragrance of faith. Honestly, friends, this business of Jesus is a serious business. A lifetime business that you cannot exhaust. You keep finding God. The man of God, one of the, uh, the profound ministers that came to teach on one of the, on all the, on the, the starting series of the of the message, Pastor Femiatoe Started off amazingly. And one of the things I recall he said about the history of Paul was that at the time Paul was praying the prayer that I may know you. He told us profoundly that 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 was after 25 years of Paul being a believer. And when I went home, I studied further in Bible history. By the time he mentioned that scripture in that Philippians, 25 years in Christ, it was four years left for him to die. Four years left, yet he was asking that I may know you. You have known too many movies. It's time to know God. 
Christ said, I travail daily that Christ be formed in you. I want to look at your eyeballs and I see the eyeballs of Christ. I want to see your hand and see the hand of Christ. Until the image is fully formed, you will be cheated in the journey of life. Deeper and deeper in Christ. And while that message was all going on in the realm of the spirit, God looked at us again. You know, one of the things I've enjoyed about being a member of this church is that we have not lacked the timely word of God. You will recall that in January, before we had any inclination or intuition about how, how the whole had to be devastated, the man of God stood here and said, this year is not a year you should depend on your cerebrum, your intelligence, your forecast, your predictions. All of those we failed. And in our lifetime, our life, we all witnessed it fail. Did it not fail? It failed woefully. With the strength and the medical might of the United States, they are still trying to get out of it. Jehovah, Rui, he said, for you to be blessed this 2020, then you need to be led. Anybody remember that? So, right now, now let us compare notes. If you are not enjoying the blessing, then you, are, you must have been stubborn somewhere, refusing to be led. No, stubbornness is a very funny nature. It's not almost like sin. It's not like sin. You just say, no, I want to do my will. Because when will are conflicting, what do you call that? And so the man of God looked again through the spirit of heaven and said, deeper fragrance. There is something I need to correct quickly. And it showed up on Sunday. Now, let me announce to you. All that I've been saying is not in my notes. And so let you know that I, I, I chew the word because if everything that we see is a product of the word, you will be a non-entity to, to ignore the word. If everything that is palpable, visible for us to witness and touch, the rudiments, the, the core ingredients is the spoken word, then you will be a very shallow-minded person to hear the word of God and turn the other way. You will end up in nothing. So for every message... No, I know some of you are very you are professional note writer. It's fine. But after writing the note, you don't read after close. No, no, it's okay. But some of us, we put it in our way because until it is written in your heart, it does not change your life. Now, on Sunday, God looked at us. You know, God loves this assembly. And I, I, I'm going to, by the grace of God, make it very beautiful. The cure for every disgrace is in grace. Look for grace. Disgrace will flee. And he looked at us on Sunday and said, God said, something needs to pursue you. You have run. Look at where you are sweating. You are burdened. You are tired. You are fatigued. Running from what? Masquerade? Running from what? Failure? The fear of, of what? He said, no. Something else ought to be chasing you. Not the villagers. Not poverty. Not sickness. Not disease. Not, not I don't have a wife. Or I don't have a husband. All of that is not in the redemption package that should be pursuing you. This is what should pursue you. What is it? Goodness and mercy. Yeah. That every time you are taking that walk forward and you are aware of what is behind you, you should look and say, is this goodness and mercy behind? That should strengthen your faith, strengthen your resolve, and assure you that the result is inevitable. And while I was meditating on it, and I said, Lord, why would goodness in the first place be pursuing me? You know, I think, you know, like if you ever read the scripture in the book of Acts of Apostles 32, he said, when Paul is done preaching, they will go back and compare what Paul said, the Berean church. And I said in the first place, why would I be running and goodness to pursue him? The Lord made some very brilliant explanation. He said, in the first place, every man has a back, true of us. If you have a back, something would always be behind you. Now, it is not in your place all the time to tell what will be behind you. No, not so many people can see their back. If you, the day you try to drive a car, go forward and looking back at the same time, it's catastrophic. Something is behind everybody. And by revelation, he said anything behind you is not your making. And I am God. I can decide what will stay behind you. And when I looked at the image, the image you are looking at that's on the screen, trust me, the only person in that image that looks like he's running is who? The person in front, is he running? Come on now. So it is not a running thing. It's a stroll, knowing that the garrison around me, the escort around me is goodness and mercy. And when I lay my bed, my head to bed, Captain Brown, we're having our fellowship, and Captain Brown said something very amazing. He said, when I'm sleeping, God is still walking. You know, some of you don't go to fellowship, so you need to come to Agba. <laughs> He never sleeps or slumber. Psalm 121. Ladies and gentlemen, that is just a prelude 
or where the journey started from my version. I don't know what your version is. But as I stand here today, now an overwhelming ex- ex- testimony, you know, I was meditating on that word and I went for a meeting on Monday. It's been a while I saw the insurance, sir. And I just talked to a young lady who seems to be doing very well. I said, don't you think you should put insurance in place for this thing? I said, said, she said to me how much? I said, I don't know, it's your property. She should tell me how much it costs. He said, it's 100 million. I said, 100 million? Do insurance. Sir, I didn't say more than that and I walked away and that lady has been chasing me, chasing me and chasing me till last night around 10 a.m. He said, can you please send the account number of mutual benefit? I want to pay for the premium. Now, friends, you don't understand what I'm talking about. If you are an insurance marketer, it's not always that easy. Good. So, while I was done with my job, good, because you don't understand that goodness and mercy will be dealing with the matters in your absence. Now, if you don't take your prophets seriously, I'm not the writer of the Bible. He said, believe in God. Remember that scripture of 1 Chronicles 7, 14? Believe in God. Shall what? Be established. Believe his prophet. You will do what? You will prosper. So you can be established and not be prosperous. There are many established businesses that prosperity is far from it. The prophetic faith in the servant guarantees the unleash of prosperity. And I'm, I'm telling you, amazing testimony has been coming in since Monday, since I've been following this message. Goodness and mercy. And so, well, I want to start off with whatever laid in my heart today. It is to encourage you also. And I wish you would just plug your faith into it. And I want to use this moment to celebrate our online viewers. God bless you for tuning in from different parts of the world. One thing is guaranteed. That the grace of God present in this service is not threatened by geographical distance. The grace present here cannot be held down by location. Wherever you are, if you are feeling heavy in your heart, you are feeling tired and you, are, you have lost interest in God. Now, let me assure you, as you have tuned in today, heaven will visit you with unusual testimony of goodness and mercy in the name of the Lord. So, you're welcome. Stay with us for the next 45 minutes and heaven will continue to bless you as you do so in Jesus' name. All right, I want to bring a word that I've titled to you this morning, rather this evening, and it shall speak at the end. Now, I have seven to, let me hear his voice before I make utterances to you now. The Lord ministered to my heart and said, son, that what my servant shared with them on Sunday, that goodness and mercy will follow everyone, it's all in connection with the fragrance of Christ. It's all in connection with the journey of deeper and deeper in Christ. And it's all in connection with the master script itself that started. Because the day we resumed church was the start off of the message of restoration. Restoration message came and the church settled down. Indicating that indeed it's a journey of restoration. So it's a whole chain of connection. And I said that there are some people who for some reason, are you aware that to this Wednesday, Wednesday is the last Wednesday in the month of November? And it is exactly 29 days to Christmas, right? And so, the natural mood for now would be, ah, the year is ended. The year is ending. People start to bring out their stock book. Their book of, ah, you mean a whole 365 days is flipping away and yet nothing to show for it. The Lord has asked me to tell you, that at the end, it will speak for you. Yeah. Now, trust this. If God has nothing to offer you, he won't invite you. If he brought you here against all the traffic situations and logistic constraints that has compelled some people to go online and you made it physically here, trust me, God has something to give you. And you will, you will receive it today in the name of Jesus. I want you to please be aware that we serve a God that functions with seasons and times. We serve a God that once he releases his word, believe me here, whether you have faith or not, that word will never go back to him unfulfilled. And that is what has qualified God.
to say he is not a man that he should lie. If you are seated here today and you have a sure word of God that God has told you either directly from scripture or through the mouth of his servant and yet you are, you are wondering, would this ever happen? God sent me to you now to tell you that at the end you will testify. Believe me, your story will end in glory. Trust me, what you have on your list that has a sure word of God behind it, it will come to pass. Now, the scripture opening in Habakkuk chapter 2 says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak. It will not lie. Are you there? Though it what? Tarries. Wait for it. Because it will surely what? Come. It will not tarry. It's a sure word of comfort. I played my mind back to the incident of Sarah, who was promised a child. At what age was she promised a child? She was about 80 years old. I have marveled in my head. God, why would you wait till a woman is 80 years of age, meaning she has defiled every form of natural order? Now, somebody needs to understand that the workings of God's word in your life will not run on your logic or your permutation. But he's saying something is currently happening that is affecting the flow and the manifestation, which is why God brought you here tonight to learn. Now, listen to this. Your Matthew eleven twenty eight is a very fantastic scripture that says, Come unto me, all ye that your labor and heavy laden. Now, there are a number of people who are in pain as we speak, in affliction. The economy is a negative. Recession is going. As of today, I heard dollar is 500. To Naira is 509. 509, 509 to one dollar. Everything seems to be dwindling. All the, the messages and the, and the energy around is not encouraging anyone. People are, what a strategic act of the enemy. People are avoiding the solution, running to where there is no solution. I mean, in the time of chaos and crisis, by natural logic, who should people run to? It should be God. But you know why they are not running to God? God is not a magician. God is a God of process. You don't like to hear that because the scripture you just read said, though it tarries, your problem is that you are running on time. God runs in eternity. Your one o'clock is not God's one o'clock. Now let me not jump the gun. The mood is painful. The mood is hurting. Affliction and stories, negative story of kidnapping and stealing. What a world. I was looking at my kids yesterday in the place of privilege and a divine arrangement and providence. Today happens to be my 45th birthday. You know, and I was looking at my first daughter, which is relatively taller than me right now. And I said to myself, the way I'm raising these children, do they, stand of, do they stand a chance of surviving in this seemingly jungle that I'm currently witnessing? I raised them not to lie. I raised them not to cheat. I raised them to be orderly. I raised them to be respectful. But when I step out of my house, I see people who survive by stealing. I see people who survive by prostitution. I see people who survive by insulting others. And they are in numbers. So I was what I said to myself, God, you must have a plan. And I can tell you with some good news here, it's got a plan. And it's got a plan for your life too. God functions with season and time. The capability of God in terms of what he's capable of doing is written in his word. Now, if you need to understand God, it is compelling to study his word. It is expedient. It is lawful. There is no, that's why they call it scripture because that is the only thing that can change your nature. Because until your nature is altered, your future will remain the same. So, you need to study scripture to first alter your nature, understand the nature of God. 
The lack of the deficit in the revelation of the character of God is what is affecting some of us to be in a haste. I marveled. A man has been serving God for many years in the same temple. I've given you the first example of Sarah. Remember? It defied all logic. Another man, a priest, a powerful elderly priest who must have done baby dedication of nothing less than a hundred children in his entire career as a preacher. Hello. He didn't have a child. And one day, while in the presence, in the place of service, the angel showed up on him and said, it shall speak at the end. <laughs> you, you would have filled the same exam if you were Zachariah. If you were Zachariah, and like Sister Choma would be singing, I imagine the way you are singing, and God just said, do not have a prince charming for you. <laughs> God, God, you are very funny. You just took after your mother, Sarah. It's not a sin. And you know what happened? God looked at the man and said, you mean all the while you have been doing all these things? You were actually working in doubt. So, so you, know, you know what I saw in that, in that scripture? You could be actively working in the natural activity without true relationship with God. You, see, you, know, you know how Peter put, Paul put it? He said, a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. God works mysteriously. Not with your timetable, not with your calculation, not with your permutation, not with your arrangement, not with your influence. And let me give you the last shocker, not with your faith. Oh, you don't believe that? Not with your faith. God will do his work with or without your faith. Oh, you have a problem believing that? No. His word will never, if you have forgotten anything I've said in this meeting, that when God speaks, that word will never return to him void, except it has fulfilled what he sent for. So if God told us on Sunday, goodness and mercy is following you, believe me, it will never return. If it does not follow you, it's not God's fault. It's following someone else. And I said, so God, what is the issue? It's so easy to describe you. In my years of working with you, God, I, I personally don't have a doubt in what you are capable of doing. I've never questioned, you know, the way, the way I see you, God, is like, you do whatever you like. You are, they call you the unquestionable one. You do whatever you like. You can wake up one morning and decide to say, it's no more, it's no more COVID, it's COVID. And nobody's going to ask you questions. You are just God all by yourself. Whether we worship you or we don't worship you, it doesn't change you from being God. You don't need our compliments to be God. You are God all by yourself. He said, yes, you have spoken well. So he said, what exactly is the problem between you and us? He said, listen. And then he started to say, man, explain to me. Right first, number one reason, number one. He said, a lot of people have a transactional relationship with me. Do you know what that means? Meaning, God, if you give me, me too, I will give you. Meaning, if you don't give me, I will go elsewhere. And so we have many believers who are padding their testimony. What they do to get the testimony is usually not the handwriting of God. I can tell you, I've met many people who will come and give testimony. Their Lord did it, and the Lord will just be saying, eh? Am I the one that actually did that? With this whole bunch of compromise and this whole thing? It's a whole transaction. He said, son, the reason why they don't get what I've said is that a lot of people really don't have a relationship with me. Their heart is not endearing towards me. You know, anybody seated here listening to me have been in love before? Have you been in love before with anybody in your life? Do you know the feeling and the energy that comes with being in love? Your heart palpates. There is a natural longing to always see the person. You just want to be in the person's presence all the time. As a little boy, teenager in love, we even struggle to drop phone call. You to drop now, me to drop. You know, honestly, listen to the truth here and you examine yourself. Your heart is not truly endeared towards God. It is what you think God can do and give you. And the fact that you fear him because he can kill you, that is why you are following him. God is not perceived to be someone 
that you are in love with. You know, honestly speaking, the day what I've just said, register and sink in your heart. You know what it will do to you? You will not be trapped again into the cares of this world. The love of God levitates you above the concerns of this world. Very few people can pass the test love, the love test before God. I ask myself as I speak with you, can I pass the test? You know, I was reading something about Romans. It said, what shall separate us from the love of God? Remember that scripture? And it started to list all the possible things that could bring the separation. And if you are truly a good Bible study person, go through those lists. I can tell you, you will find yourself wanting one of these lists. Not peril. Not persecution. No, I don't know how to isolate this, and I can't package it more than I've just said it. There is a love deficit between man and God. Everything can be corrected and realigned if your love for God can come alive and blossom. And don't pretend you don't know what I'm talking about. Call it all your language you want to call it. Call it filio or call it uh, agape. Don't bring the agape revelation in this conversation. Bring the filio energy into it for me, please. Don't tell me I have agape love. No, God wants to feel the energy of the filio you have for a fellow human being. Don't lie to me. Now, agape. What is agape? Unconditional love. No, there is a condition, precedent, to get things done. It's called the love that moves you. Nothing else can move you, only the love of God. Oh, you won't want to enjoy this kind of thought, but that's the truth. When you're alone in the privacy of your room, ask yourself that golden question. Am I truly in love with him? Or am I in need for what I regain? The Lord just altered my message right now. He said, tell them to revisit their affection for me. Tell them to revisit how they are endeared towards me. Tell them to be moved by what moved me first. Not things that is moving around. I said, I will say it to them. And my prayer that you would understand. And somebody sitting there, either young or old, or listening online, will know that the truth is this. If you are sunk in God's love, you will be insulated from the worry of life. Trust me. He said, my peace I live with you so that the world cannot give. He's not talking about things that will not happen. But you are just so confident because you have a sure lover in Jesus. There are a lot of us that are emotionally distracted by our worries and concerns. The emotional distractions at home, at work, finance, that can tell you the only thing that can keep you firm and focused is the love that is born in your heart constantly for God. It's just born in there. I'm in love with him. I'm in love with him. I don't want to go into story. One of the books that changed my life the most as a little boy is a book titled by Robert Lydon, God's General. It changed my life. I saw the story of a woman there called Catherine Kuma. Anybody remember Catherine Kuma? He loved God so, she loved God so much that nothing has mattered to him. In fact, she became fanatical about God. It is either God or nothing. I want my generation to hold on to this. This nation will change for good. Number two. He said, tell them that there is something called evolving character when it comes to waiting for what God has spoken. Evolving character. Evolving character. Listen to this illustration. If God told you that I'm going to give you a child that will rule the world, like he told Mary, God speaks and he has the future in mind. But when he was speaking to you, he was looking at you in your present. Your current capacity, your current emotional capacity intellectual capacity, resources capacity cannot accommodate what is coming in front of you. Now, the earlier you grow, the faster the manifestation of the prophecy. He says, so long I remain a child, Galatians chapter 2, you remember that story? So long I remain as a child, I cannot apprehend the content of the kingdom. There is no advantage in being a child. It's just a clever way to postpone prophecy. Now, what God has spoken to you that has not manifested, one of the reasons why it has not is that your character has not fully evolved to fill into the content. Let me read something very profound to you. Read Matthew chapter, chapter 19, 25, the message version. 
Matthew 19, 25. The storyline talked about the arguments of marriage. But if you read the message version, he said, when his disciples heard it, the disciples were staggered. Then who has any chance at all? The, pre- the preceding version was on marriage. Can, I, can we go further? 26, 26. He said, let me tell you, it is easier to gallop a camel. Jesus looked at them and said, and said, no, no chance at all if you think you can pull it off yourself. Every chance in the world. Now listen, if you think this prophecy can come to reality by your thinking, if you think you can pull this off by yourself, every chance in the world if you trust God to do it. 20, 27 please. Then Peter chimed in. We left everything and followed you. What do we get out of it? 28. Jesus replied, Yes, you have followed me. In the recreation of the world, when the Son of Man will rule gloriously, you will have followed me. No, that's not it. That's not it. The verse there says, You enlarge into it, you grow into it. You grow into the fulfillment of the prophecy. Look at yourself right right now. I have a desire. One of my ultimate dreams is to be rich and famous. It sounds carnal. Maybe it's carnal, but it's my desire. I want to be very rich and famous. You know something here? If God truly programmed it in my life, so I should ask myself, the way you are now, if everybody, if this entire auditorium is filled with people, and as you got down from the pulpit, and I said, Pastor Steve, Pastor Steve, Pastor Steve, how are you? How are you? You know what could happen to me? I'll start to get cocky. It gets into my head. And I raise my shoulder. And God will be like, ah, look at me. This is just this room. This boy's prophecy is global. He can't handle this room. How would he? If this boy, he will die before global. Now, the pain here is not his death. The pain is that I don't want to lose him in eternity. So I would rather leave him this way eh, and gain a soul than allow prophecy to be fulfilled and destroy him. So what is technically injury fulfillment of prophecy? Then honestly, you are too petty for God to give you instruction. Honestly, your rage, your rage. I used to have a problem with that. I'm, my, my pastor would, would testify. I mean, I really had to trust God to work on it. You know, it's not very easy to correct me when I think what I know is right. But I just refuse to see from the angle of the person correcting me. You know, they taught us in school how to, how to read, how to communicate. Out of the four things that enhances communication, they taught us three. Reading, writing, speaking. They didn't teach you listening. They didn't teach you listening. And listen to this. Listening is the ultimate justification to carry out any instruction. If you didn't listen well, you will carry out wrongly. We are doing some very practical thinking here because this year will not end without the prophecy coming to pass. But God is saying that you sleep too much. The demand of the prophecy demands you wake up every 2 a.m. By the time it is 1.30 and I wake you to sleep, you turn the other side. And he's wondering, I am pressed to bless you, but your character is too small to accommodate it. I really, and you know what scares me about all of these things? Until somebody told me a very, very pathetic story. He said, honestly, God's word will never return to him void, but sometimes the owner of the world will not receive it before they die. Eh? Oh, you would, you would think it was in the prophecy of James to be killed in the prison. Oh, you think it was in the prophecy of John the Baptist to be beheaded. Wake up and take your responsibility here and adjust your current irritation level. You get so... Now, when you hear the English, I am a... What's that thing they say? SDP. No. Uh, chronic something something disorder. You can't put the plates here. You can't put the plates here. Oga. Sometimes God needs to scatter it to rearrange it for you. OCD. They can't correct you in church. God does not want to move by your feeling. He wants you to move by his feeling. So when you don't feel like coming to church, 
church is over for that day. And God is saying that, look, maybe you should, maybe you should look at our senior pastor. That believe me, I have asked myself severally, can I stand as a pastor to preach January to December, every Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday, thank God it's Friday, every day, saying different things. Believe me, God so much looked into his future and prepared him from age 21, made him a lawyer, because you will never be a graduate of law if you don't read. He didn't stop as a first degree lawyer, he went and made sure he became a master's degree in law, not in one university in Nigeria, abroad. He prepared him for the future. Are you well prepared for the future? And then, for every challenges that I've seen my senior pastor go through, sometimes when he's talking in an office and he's hungry, the way he comes into the church and he's calm and cool and collected, when you come on now, but boy, you have so much to learn. <laughs> you have a lot to learn. <laughs> you know what some of us will do? From that church office where you are irritated, they will start to hear your voice. I will not agree. Nobody will talk to me. And God will say, Shelley Mufev is in charge of a thousand generations. Believe me, your character is a major hindrance why God has not fulfilled prophecy. Can you just adjust it a little today? Adjust it a little. Adjust your excesses a little. Allow God move through. He said, let them involve in character. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. It's like the illustration. I close this illustration with this. This is prophecy. There is a process which we call workshop. Then after workshop, there is a showroom. For God to put you in the showroom, you got to go through the workshop. Oh, you don't like the workshop? They will cheese you, you friends. They will stream you, friend. It is not in your place to tell the potter what to do to the clay. You are the clay they want to put for the world to see. God does not want to advertise something they will be praying about. You are saying they have not patronized you in your business. Because they don't want to patronize your business and then you have to have a prayer point over it. And I will hear some choir. Come and stand here and say, don't listen to my voice. Get out with your voice. If your voice is not good enough, go away. We don't want to hear the lyrics. Be good at what you are doing. Your degree of usefulness is commensurate to your value. Make yourself useful. You hate too much. Honestly. You know, I'm not going to talk about your uh, sin of fornication. I'm talking about character trait problem. Professional liars. It's not lying. I'm just being economical with the truth. Really? You know, no, I'm not lying. It's just not, I'm not just honest. Ah, sir, all things we hear these days, eh? He said, what is honesty? He said, honesty is saying the things you want them to say. I said, what is transparency? Not revealing everything. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. You can't buy the tape. <laughs> Quickly. Time is on the side. Now, the second reason, number two reason, number three reason, why prophecy appears delayed is insufficient kingdom service. No, no, I know you've heard this before. But believe me, trust me on this one. For everybody you can play in the Bible that God prophecy fulfilled, you know what they did? They left the prophecy. They were busy working for God. Because it is not in your place to fulfill it. The prophecy functions on time and season. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. It says for everything, every purpose, every vision, every prophecy is regulated by the influence of season and time. While that happens, what are you supposed to be? Kingdom service. Zechariah was standing there. And when in due season came, they gave it. Now, when I said to you that it doesn't want, it does not predicate on your faith. Zechariah didn't demonstrate faith. You remember? And God has said, look, your faithlessness can't stop the fulfillment. All I will do is I will not make you an hindrance. I will make you deaf and dumb. Because you have a character flaws of doubt. Honestly speaking, if you stay focused on kingdom job, while you are working, the prophecy is getting fulfilled. I have never seen a shortcut to it in my years of working with God. As you are working diligently for God, remember the scripture in Exodus chapter 23, verse 25. He said, release them so that they can serve me. Release them from the hand of Pharaoh. For what reason? So that they can serve me. Ask your question. What is your kingdom service like? I'm not referring to a busybody. Oh. You know, there are people who come to church, busybody, forming activities, but no relationship with God. I'm not referring to them. 
I'm talking about those. There are two things I've learned from a senior pastor. As a virtue, he coveted and he holds strongly. If pastor gives you a job, he wants two things from you. Among many things, the Badaya personally extracted two things. He wants loyalty and he wants ownership. Own it. Be loyal. It is not. There are a lot of other things he would want. But these two things I've noticed in him. And you know the truth? It won't push you to be loyal. It won't push you to own it. Why? Because he is not the judge. He doesn't mark the script. The man marking the script is all there. Up there. The quicker they mark your script, the quicker your prophecy comes to pass. You know people are writing exams. You know life is an exam in its own. And you cannot cheat because the question is not the same. We're not writing the same script. The day you walk with you understand that every day God is marking the script. Believe me, your behavior will change towards his work. Oh, you are coming because several pastor can see you. Men can reward you. No, men can award you. Only God can reward you. You know, maybe by the grace of God, one of the Christmas, they will give award. The best this, best that, best this. But Almighty God is a real person who is marking the script. We have a department in this church. I salute their courage all the time. It's a prayer department. Amazing. As early as 7, 7.30, they are there. Train. When there is nobody seated in a pre-service player, they are holding the mic. Regardless. Trust me, the results can't be the same. Because there is a master judge who judges all. You know that scripture in Galatians chapter 6? It's not going to be very well doing for in due season. There is a season when you are not weary in doing the right thing. Kingdom service is what you should bother your mind with as against the prophecy. Don't be asking, when would I marry you? When would I born you? When would this? Leave that when. Leave the when to God. You walk his walk. They met Jesus in John chapter 4, sitting by the well. He said, have you any meat? He said, no, I don't have any. My meat is what? My meat is to do my father's work. I was reading the version of that scripture in, in, in NLT. He said, my nutrients. So, as you work for God, you are nutrified. I don't that English. You know, some English you must coin ourselves is this. The word of God is true, friends. And Wednesday service is to open your mind that when you can adjust your nature, your future is guaranteed. Don't be too stubborn for God. Find something to do. Write this down in your notes. Your degree of usefulness is what determines your sense of value. People don't pay valueless people. People don't honor valueless people. Now listen to this. If you are in this church and you, are, you don't add any value, financial value, physical value, emotional, no, you are valueless. Valueless? It's not a commendable position to be because I can't raise children at home and I'll be begging them to clean the house. And this is your father's house. Kingdom service is not an alternative. Kingdom service is a core cause, not elective. It's a core cause, condition precedent to fulfillment of prophecy. Number four, which is the last one. I leave you with this thought. It's called sensitivity in the spirit. I am aware that a lot of people, they are not mingling with divinity and they want to try and understand divinity. Now, pay attention to this. Be wrapped on this. This is deep. This is very deep. God is a spirit. All right? Is dealing with us will not be very natural. He expects you the moment you gave your life to Christ that your natural nature will start to drop and your spiritual nature will start to rise. So that there can be a point where both of you can relate. The original man he created was not body, soul, and spirit. The original man was what? Spirit, soul, and body. When they fell, they now became body, soul, and spirit. So what they took away was God could no longer see them. He was seeing the physical sinful body. While their spirit was what they considered to be dead. The day you gave your life to Christ, what you did was your spirit man started to grow again. Don't forget that all the while your spirit man was down, your soul and your body were already going. Now, as you give your life to Christ, for God to begin to identify with you and talk to you, because God and Adam, they were talking in the garden. They don't struggle to talk. Why? Because God is a spirit. Adam was a spirit who just had a body underneath. God then demanded that if I'm going to fulfill the things I have spoken, because the words that I speak unto you, they are spirits. 
The natural mind can't relate with it. You have a chance to grow your spirit. Every time you expose yourself to me, your spirit man is formed again. You rise further. Every time you come to my presence, your spirit man rise further. I can bet you it is on rare occasion, except the Holy, except, except the Holy Spirit is not in that auditorium. It is on rare occasion for a true child of God to be in the presence of God and be thinking fornication. It is very rare. Because at that time, what God is speaking is to your spirit. Your spirit man is receiving it and is growing. And is growing. The more the spirit man grows, the easier it is for you to know the behavior and the pattern and the movement of God. God is a foreigner to some people, even though they've been years of born again. I, I don't understand. By now, you are sleeping in your room and your door opened. And the only thing that enveloped you was fright. No. What should come to mind is that heaven has visited me. This dimension of spiritual work, believe me, is what separates the boys from men in spiritual things. Are you not anticipating to see an angel someday? Has it ever occurred to you that God can show up with a glowing light into your room? Do you think these stories are not real? There are those who have encountered God in dimensions beyond on the explanation. You have been born again for 30 years. You have not even heard anything audible. Talk less of a movement that your imagination could not comprehend. Village, we are familiar with village people. If you are truly a spirit, you should have no problem dealing with spirits. You should not be in phobia of spirits. You should not be captivated by a spirit. You are originally a spirit. This I'm seeing is an adulterated order. It is not the original order. I mean, you are hearing the sound of a, of a, of a possession and you are running away. It is not a crime that you run away. You only run because you are human. Spirits won't run. Trust me, if everybody in this room operates at a full spiritual capacity, the pastor's job will be little. Because you just realize that as a lame man, is, I don't know if they call them Pastor Peter and John. As far as the illustration in that story line was concerned, they were like a member of a church. Are you aware? Peter and they were just going inside the church and they passed by the beautiful gate and they saw a lame man. Your limitation is because your spirit man is too small. Now, trust me, what God said to you to be fulfilled is a prophecy in the realm of the spirit. It will take your spirit size to bring it down to manifestation. There are great things God wants to do, but you can't. It almost looked like the first one, but the difference is that sensitivity I realized that God speaks with signs and wonders. I have worked with my pastor for months now and years. If up till now, pastor will stand here, look at the seats of the other pastors, and he has to say, Could you come here? Then we are in trouble. Mere looking at his eyes, we can tell what he wants to do. Lady, am I correct? Merely looking at his body language. You know what? God is not, he's tired of saying, come, come. He wants you to look at him in his posture, and you get the message. God wants you to look at, oh my God, Jesus looked at them. He said, when you see the weather, and you see this, you say it is, he said it is time to, it's going to rain. How come you, these funny people, call my children? You can't interpret signs. What is in your head? Only movie? Books? Ah! You can't survive in your carnality. You gotta be moving around as a spirit to deal with dealings on hurt. There's a lot of spiritual transaction going on that you are not aware of because you are not sensitive in the realm. When you close your eyes, you are afraid. When you open it, you are afraid. What is the problem? What is going on? By now, we should be talking about, you know, by now, you should be talking about the gifts of the spirits. You know what they call the gifts of the spirits? As you pray in the Holy Ghost, you should be interpreting it. That is the church that will threaten the nation. We are not sensitive in this. You are in a service. No, God bless our senior pastor. You know what? My, I'm, not, I'm not saying this to flatter him. You know, sometimes a lot of, a lot of us around say, oh, Pastor, take what you. Can I tell you the truth? The devil is far more experienced. All you need to do is to tamper with the ordinary speaker. 
and the entire service will be in disarray. But the man of God steps into the auditorium. Why is that speaker not speaking? All of us are hearing it. Oh. All of us, we are hearing speaker. Pastor will step in and say, why is that speaker not? And the moment they fine-tune it and put it in order, there's tranquility in the air. You are too blind for the journey you want to go to. God needs to open your eyes. Because the prophecy itself requires a high opening. Because you didn't even see your husband. And your eyes are shut. You walk past. I have seen somebody who said, in his heart, the dead that guy will step in church. The Lord said to him, that's your husband. She didn't go and toast, so don't get me. I didn't say go and meet the man. All you needed to do, once God has spoken, you travel in prayer. That's all. You travel in prayer. But you know what? You sleep, nine o'clock, wake up, ten o'clock. The gift of dream, you don't have. The gift of vision, you don't have. Prophecy, you don't have. Revelation, you don't have. Yeah? How long would you go like that? It is scary. Even God is bothered. Closing scripture. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 10. I want someone to be provoked tonight. I'm going to say that, God, for everything I have accused you for, I'm sorry. It is me. Moi, moi I'm the problem. I'm so carnal-minded, so stupid, so childish, that I want you to give me a gold, yet I'm a child. If God should give you gold right now, the devil will snatch it in one second. Just, in fact, he won't even slap you. He won't even slap you. He won't, he won't, uh, why would I say devil? Devil will slap adults. You know what he will do to you? He will just give you one round sweet. Sweet. <laughs> Take, he said, what is that thing you are holding? Eh, the thing is shiny, you no? Know? Eh, it's shiny. It's ordinary stone. You see, listen. Omode roll in Sakaradu. Take, take sweet. Did he slap you? Did he touch you? It was a voluntary transaction. And he has transacted on people's destinies unconsciously. Saints of God, this is the house of God. God wants to deliver us from this mediocrity. Set us free from this satanic harassment and embarrassment. I leave you with the closing scripture. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. Might they want you to pass all the scriptures. He said, therefore, cast not away what? Do you have confidence in God tonight? Ah, uh, that is not a good amen. Do you have confidence in God tonight? Which has what? So, you are a billionaire in the realm of the spirit, or you are working as a pauper in the natural. He said, we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Can you please bring the heavenly blessings down on earth by engaging in all these simple instructions? He said, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Can you read further, please? 36. For you have need of what? So that after you have done the what? Am I the author of that scripture? Does it fit into what we're saying? After you have done the will of God, you may receive what? The promise will always be there. God is not a man that he should lie. You have just one that has failed in your responsibility. You know what? If you don't do something about it, God will be pained because he told us in Revelation, when you get to heaven and he showed you what should have been on earth, he told you he will wipe away your tears. Uh, it's there in Revelation. They killed children of God. They killed children of God. They killed James. They killed John. They were going to kill Peter. Then they rose up to the occasion and said, no, 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 no. Ah! So if you don't resist it, it will catch up with you. You can't conquer what you don't confront. Get up tonight. I am more than this. My wife came to my office. I closed. And she came to make a presentation as a mutual, you know, when your wife become your guy in office, you know, it's a serious issue. And then she said, all of you are not performing well at all. I said, me. Right here, you are saying me, I'm not performing. That's okay. She said, the reason is that you are playing too small in a small pool. All of you are struggling inside one small pool where the river is lying fallow. Go to the big river and swim. I caught it with all my heart. And I look at all the people around me. I saw that their gray hair was more, my, more than my own. I said, it's true. I'm playing with all these old men who are close to retirement. <laughs> and instantly, that was on Friday. On, on Sunday, heaven said, it is not possible by the interpretation of men, goodness and mercy have to follow you to achieve it. And by Monday, I shared the testimony here. You can change your story by a singular action you are taking tonight. And my prayer that grace will be released.
Don't cast away your confidence. The year has not ended. A miracle is still waiting for you. But engage God on tonight. Engage him in prayer. Engage him in love. Endear in love. And there will be a change, a change and a turnaround in Jesus' name. If you have been blessed tonight, put your hands together for the Lord.